All right. Hello and welcome to Realcom's first installment of the Workplace Experience Series. I'm Chuck Nicewanger, president of NiceNets Consulting, sitting in for Realcom's Sarah Bempred as host of today's webinar, The Hybrid Tech Stack, Accelerating the Digital Future of Work. Thank you for tuning in to the live session or viewing this as a recording. I think you're all going to get a lot out of the collective experience this Realcom panel brings today. The talent factor is just off the charts. But before we get started, let me go over a few housekeeping items to help you have a great webinar experience. Thank you to all the live intent attendees. We do encourage you to use the Q&A box at the bottom left of your screen to submit questions or comments. We'll try to get to all the questions, but if they don't get answered during the webinar, We'll follow up with you once the event is concluded. And you'll find today's presentation in the handout section of the GoToWebinar control panel. And for best results and the best experience, we recommend that you do close out any other internet applications, especially streaming videos. Don't watch those. Watch us. What are you doing? If you are experiencing any technical issues, connectivity, sound, video quality, the best thing to do is to disconnect and then click on the webinar link again. Or you can also email Ian Thompson at ithompson at realcom.com for more help, but don't worry, it's all being recorded so you won't miss anything since you'll receive a link to the webinar recording in the next few days. This educational webinar is supported by our outstanding sponsors, AppSpace, an all-in-one platform to connect your people, places, and spaces. No matter if you're an employee or an administrator, AppSpace solves common workplace problems with ease. Facilio unifies building operations data and uncovers portfolio intelligence. Facilio transforms multiple data sources into actionable insights for our operators, owners, and tenants. MRI software is real estate software to transform the way communities live, work, and play. Explore MRI's comprehensive, flexible, open, and connected technology platform and applications. And TouchSource, Smart spaces for active places, simple digital signage for every building's communications need. Add value to your property without adding more to your to-do list. We do thank all of our sponsors for helping us out at Realcom and our viewers. If you're thinking about optimizing your workspace, business processes, tenant experiences, I definitely recommend that you include these companies in your vendor evaluation process. Our moderator today is Robert Fitzgerald, Regional Technology Director, Advisory and Client Success with JLL Technologies. Welcome, Robert. Hey, thank you so much, Chuck. Uh, hopefully you. you can hear me and see me okay. Yeah, you have an outstanding panel, an excellent topic, and a live audience, so it's all yours. I'll get out of here. Awesome. Thank, you so, thank you so much. All right, so hey, thanks for joining us today in the first of a three-part series on workplace and experience. In today's session, we're gonna be exploring the hybrid tech stack and how some companies are accelerating their digital future of work. As uh, Chuck mentioned a minute ago, my name is Robert Fitzgerald, and I'm, I'm the Regional Technology Director for JLL Technologies. My team and I support around 70 clients in the US, helping each of them create and ultimately implement digital transformation strategies. So this topic today is near and dear to me and close to my heart. I joined JLL Technologies approximately two years ago after a 20 plus year career in corporate real estate with Nokia. In my own personal journey, I've been privileged to work across many countries and cultures, and I've been lucky enough to work virtually while leading global teams 
with distributed team members, excuse me, whose only goal was to deliver best-in-class technology solutions to teams all over the world. Location, time, culture, and language had no bearing on our ability to communicate, coordinate, and deliver. And I'm a firm believer that if we could do it then, we can for sure do it now, especially considering the proliferation of technology we have at our fingertips to support both virtual and hybrid models. In the next hour or so, we're going to talk about that very topic. Today, I'm joined by five industry veterans spanning the owner, occupier, consulting, and technology solution spectrum. I'll introduce each of those speakers as we go through the rotation. But before doing so, I want to frame why this discussion makes sense today more so than ever before. So whatever happened to the predictability of real estate? It seems that in the past few years, everything has been turned upside down. Now, the good news is that real estate is becoming much more strategic for organizational success. The challenge and opportunity is that this change is taking place in such rapid fashion. I mean, did you ever think two years ago you would be leading initiatives related to generational shift and how work gets done and how space is leveraged? Did you think two years ago you'd need to be both a sustainability expert and a technology expert? Now, this shift has been coming, but the past two years has only increased the scale and velocity exponentially. So how are you managing through this chaos? Well, over the past two years, we've learned a lot about employee choice and the implications this can have to the hybrid model. For example, we know the hybrid model involves a three-legged stool that must be delicately balanced, right? First comes the workforce. We have to consider things like who can do the work, are there alternate resourcing models outside of traditional full-time roles that we can tap into? Second comes the actual work itself. What is the work? How does it get accomplished? Can changes to process and workflow yield better results? And finally, we have the workplace. Where does the work get accomplished? And how do we enable productivity and provide superior digital and physical experiences independent of location? We've also learned that the hybrid workplace offers employers, excuse me, employees greater flexibility, but it also brings challenges to corporate real estate teams. Hybrid workplace solutions, including technology, data, and supporting analytics, provide corporate real estate teams with the ability to shift and modify the workplace to best support their customers. We can also predict that hybrid likely will be pervasive, right? In fact, a recent studies indicate that 75 to 78% of large companies expect to adopt some sort of hybrid practice. And of course, we know that work, like life, is all about balance. So hybrid, in its purest sense, can support portfolio optimization efforts, you know, keeping the C-suite happy, but it doesn't have to compromise on employee needs and their associated experiences. So with intelligent real estate, all organizations, tenant occupiers, owner occupiers, as well as investors, can accelerate their critical business initiatives. Whether you're focused on workplace strategy or initiatives related to return to office, digitization, or efforts targeting energy management, tenant experience, intelligent real estate is a way to embrace the macro trends that we're all seeing in our industry, those being hybrid, healthy, and sustainable. This drive towards intelligence requires us to a severe amount of focus, a focus on technology, including both hardware and software, a focus on data and benchmarking to help inform our strategy and decision making, and a focus on purpose-built solutions designed for and by 
real estate and technology experts. All of this brought together through integration to deliver automation and unique experiences. If you think about it for a minute, in many ways, experience-based solutions are designed to make the nine to five part of our day, no matter where we're located, feel more like our five to nine evening. We've all become accustomed to saying, hey Siri, hey Google, turn on my lights, play my favorite song from Coldplay, turn down the air conditioning, order my groceries. It only seems natural that the next step would be to have an AI-powered, voice-enabled digital assistant helping me navigate work processes like reserving a collaboration space, booking a meeting room, creating a work request, finding a colleague, viewing a menu, ordering lunch or dinner, depending on my work schedule, visualizing my carbon footprint and suggesting on ways I can improve that, or, or seeing the indoor air quality in each space I'm considering so that I can make the choice on where I wanna work for the day. In addition to experience apps, there's also a growing appetite for things such as dynamic occupancy management. And these are AI-enabled planning tools that ingest real-time demand needs from sensors, reservation tools, or historical occupancy in an effort to optimize the portfolio in real-time, on a daily basis, allowing corporate real estate teams to minimize footprint and turn services on and off as demand changes throughout the course of the day. Now is the time to recognize and reimagine what makes a meaningful experience and strive to create moments that matter in both the physical, emotional, and digital dimensions. Now, in my mind, I have no doubt that wide-scale adoption of hybrid and really return for work for that matter, will start to accelerate in Q2 and throughout the rest of the year. That said, we know there are competing impediments for graining wider adoption. Employees are concerned with commute time, family care, health concerns, while employers are focused on attrition, recruiting, and cost savings. And as mentioned earlier, Life is all about balance and work and workplace are no different. Our role as CRE thought leaders and solution providers is to work across organizations to ensure employers and employees, both perspectives can coexist. They're not mutually exclusive. With that said, we're only beginning to scratch the surface of what really enables optimized hybrid models. Let's pivot now to our panel discussion. Our first speaker today will be, will be Keith Breskin with Health Peak Properties. Keith is Vice President of IT and Building Operations for Health Peak Properties. He has over 25 years of leadership in IT roles, with the past eight years with a focus on the real estate industry. He's overseen dozens of implementations and realizes that hardware and software parts of most projects are relatively easy compared to the challenges around skinware and the people or what make any project succeed or fail. Keith, tell us a little bit about Health Peak Properties and how you and your team are exploring ways to re-engage the workforce as hybrid becomes a reality. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending where everyone is. Thanks, Robert, for the introduction. Um, I just want to say thanks to RealCom for putting these sessions on. I think they're very valuable. But rather than a webinar, I've used the term these are nugget gatherers as leaders in the in IT or in the real estate industry. What nuggets can you pick up from today's sessions? And I just think Robert did an excellent overview of what opportunities we have and where technology is going. And I'm on this panel because I, I'm a, a real estate owner. I'm part of a real estate team at Health Peak Properties and we own 
we own real estate. And obviously that is where most of this audience is. You're gonna hear after me from people providing good products. And we, as a company at Health Peak, use some of those. But anyway, I hope each of you can gather some nuggets from this session. Um, let me start with Health Peak. Health Peak is, I call us a, a differentiated REIT. We don't focus in a single property sector. We have high quality properties in the life science area, medical office buildings, and retirement communities. And what makes us a very unique portfolio, our portfolio very unique is our investment in redevelopment and development to have high quality properties. And we see this as a barrier to entry for others. Um, and our business is very unique and we've been able to boom during this uh, COVID period. So moving on and kind of thinking about what we've done with at HealthPeak and our remote work, it's been, there's been opportunities for us and there's obviously been challenges. Um, as Robert alluded to, two years ago, we never thought we'd be doing the things we're doing. But now we've seen remote working really can save time because there's no commute for people. It gives people flexibility. But we also have to worry in a different way about work-life balance because 9, 10, 11 p.m. may be part of people's workday, whether they desire it or not. They may have fewer distractions at home or they have, may have more distractions at home. Um, dogs, kids, life at home can get in the way of work. There's some value there, maybe of being out of sight, I call it, meaning you can do your work, but maybe there's some risk because you're out of mind. Hey, what is Keith really doing today? Where is he? So both pros and cons of that remote work environment are something that we have had a challenge on the last two years. And we don't want people to isolate. We want people to engage. How do we ensure we're able to do that? So I think the hybrid model is a great model and it allows people potentially to work where they want to work, give them the environment they want to work, also give them opportunities and tools where they want to collaborate. However, obviously each company is different. Some companies desire a, a hybrid model, some companies may not. But in a hybrid model, we have to have the right workspace, whether it's your remote location, your home location, or your office location. I also think it's important that we think about a hybrid model and talk about expanded workspace. And I know we're gonna talk about some of the tools from our vendors after me, but what is the right workspace? Is it a desk? Is it a chair? Is it a how your computer monitors are set up? All those factors play into those tools that we need. The last point I put on here, and I think it's important that we need to remember is, as companies, if we're offering a hybrid model, use it as a recruiting tool because that tool can help new employees or potentially current employees recruit to stay with a company or to come to a company because they have that hybrid model. Our current challenge to me is leaders is drawing people potentially back to the office. Uh, people may have become very comfortable, very satisfied with their current work from home, work remote ideas. So at HealthPeak, we've come up with some tools and I've noted some of these here um, that have been valuable to us, as well as some I've heard from others that we may not be doing yet, but may do in the future. Um, I mentioned collaboration tools and how important they are. I call it a mirrored environment. It doesn't matter where you sit, you can mirror that environment remotely or at your office. 
bring people back in, maybe have sessions with your executive team. I call it coffee with the executive team members. We've done that at HealthSpeak, and I think it's been a good opportunity for all staff to get connected with our executive team. Does your company offer childcare? Does that, would that be a draw to bring people back into the office? Um, and then I noted food and gift cards. Obviously, food is a, a, ma a, a major carrot to many people. All of us like to eat now and then. So offer food or gift cards to get people back in the office as you're thinking of different um, challenges to draw people back in. Um, the reason I think a hybrid model really works is the key word, and Robert said this up front, flexibility. How flexible are we in the return to the office that gives people to either pick the days they're in the office, pick the times they're in the office, pick the times they work? How does that optimally work for every, com every company? And in talking about that, how are we building partnerships when we are working remote, when we may be in a hybrid type environment? So those partnerships are vital. Are we as IT leaders and business leaders ensuring that we have the right connectivity with different departments within our team, with different vendors? How do we build that partnerships? How do we ensure there's trust between those? That flexibility in the overall structure is a key to making that our hybrid model work both now and in the future. It's been a revolutionary change the last two years, and I really don't see it changing. Companies who use the hybrid model are potentially gonna be most successful because it gives that flexibility to their employees and potentially future employees. So from HealthPeak's standpoint, some points I wanna allude to and tell you about some tools we've used in helping us to be successful with technology. Um, First of all, um, support tools are key from an IT standpoint. We implemented um, Log Me In as a quick opportunity to chat with our support team. We've done a lot with collaboration. Obviously, Teams, Zoom are a critical part of our infrastructure, and every employee knows how to use it. Two years ago, people hadn't heard of these tools. They may have not used them. but they're part of our structure now. Additionally, we've used uh, video, video training as a key part of our tool set now. And in doing that, we've created a platform called Morning Joes. These are short two to three minute videos about IT technology, about IT support items to help our employees at any time log on to our intranet and capture, grab information about key subjects. We have 30 different videos called Morning Joes that are quick learning tools. We've also created a tool on our intranet called the Cyber Corner. That Cyber Corner are trips, tricks and techniques to not be hacked, to not be fooled by the, the hackers looking for your data. Increasing our security and training our employees, all critical pieces of our puzzle as we move forward in, our, in the hybrid work environment. That was it for me. Robert? You're not going to get off that easy, right, Keith? <laughs> Sorry. Right. Uh, first of all, I appreciate that. A couple of things maybe, just thinking about things. So, you know, there's different degrees of, of hybrid, and corp corporations are adopting it in different ways. And on the one hand, there's this sort of office-centric view that, you know, employees must be in the office every day. Then there's the full remote virtual view, and then hybrid is, of course, somewhere in the middle. 
So how does how does a how does HealthPeak go about the process of determining the right mix and the right balance? Is it by team, by function, by location? How, how, how do they make those decisions? Right. Um, right now, we're doing it by team and by choice, so to speak, that whatever works best for your team, your individual team, we are going to be implementing in the coming months a more controlled environment where everyone will be in the office certain days of the week. And then you'll have flexibility to work remote or come back in the office five days a week if that's what you desire. So it's back to my point about flexibility. So there'll be some controls that you have to be in the office certain days, but in the long run, we have that flexibility that you can choose where you want to work, wherever you work best, wherever your team collaborates best. So flexibility has become the key word for us. Great, thank you for that. Maybe one final question. So, because your 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 background it cuts across both real estate and IT and IT for real estate, what attributes are key to a strong IT business partnership, leading to successful delivery of IT services and systems? Sure. Um, building that partnership comes at a leader at a senior leadership standpoint, meaning myself and other key vice presidents meet on a regular basis. So we. And where what's going well and what's not. The other piece I'll share is it's not just at an executive level, but it's at all the staff level. Are our staff members connecting with people in the business area on a regular basis to understand what their challenges are? And then finally, I'll call it an IT steering team, a leadership team. You need some executive participation so that the executive in finance, the executive in your operations, the executive in your marketing sit on an IT steering team and they understand, hey, they're not the only people looking for new systems. They're not the only people looking for services. They hear the pains of the other departments and how we can collaborate as an overall leadership team to be successful in, in delivering the right products, the right tools with the right resources that we have in place. There's never unlimited budget and never unlimited resources. We have to work a balance between those. Great. Appreciate that. We'll come back to you later with a few more questions. Uh, appreciate right, it. Thanks. We always appreciate insights from the uh, occupier and uh, investor community. So thanks so much for sharing. Hey, before we move on to our next speaker, uh, here's a short video from MRI Software. The role of the workplace is to drive collaboration, engagement, and business results. But with hybrid work schedules, shifting needs, and various health requirements, bringing employees together as a team is harder than it used to be. With MRI, you can bring people back to the office in a way that suits their needs and the needs of the business. Create a safe, flexible, and productive work environment with space planning and reservation tools that empower employees to make optimal use of your workplace. Control the flow of employees and visitors in and out of the office with solutions that give you a full view of who's on site and who's working remotely. Leverage technology to evaluate usage and business demand, optimizing your space and plan for the office of the future. Reinvent your workspace into a thriving workplace. Great. So our second speaker today is Andy Birch with MRI Software. 
And he's an experienced business software professional with a unique blend of marketing, technical, industry, product, and sales ex expertise. And he's particularly strong at taking complex issues and turning them into understandable value propositions for customers and partners. So Andy, now that we've heard from an owner occupier, give us your perspective. What are you hearing and seeing from your customers? And how is your product evolving to fulfill some of today's hybrid needs? Yeah, thanks, Robert. Um, and thanks to Keith. Uh, some good insight, I think, there around some uh, best practices to adapt to the needs of the hybrid workforce. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the tech stack, um, obviously, and from MRI. Uh, we're providing uh, those solutions uh, for both the owner side, like, like uh, Keith, and on the occupier side as well. Um, when we think about the uh, tech stack, uh, particularly from an occupier perspective, then, and Ian, I'm struggling with the clicking. Oh, there we go. Oh, too far. Okay. When we uh, when we think about the workplace tech, tech stack, we typically conjure up this uh, concept of IWMS, so an integrated workplace management system a term Gartner kind of invented about 20 years ago. Um, the reality is it kind of breaks down into kind of three kind of key areas, uh, support for from a real estate financial perspective. Uh, so covering off the kind of lease management, so lease administration, lease accounting. Last few years, we've seen a, a real kind of a growth in this area because of the compliance requirements particularly as new kind of lease accounting standards got introduced around ASC 842 in the US, and the, the, the global standard of IFRS 16. Then there's the actual occupation aspect. So what we consider the, the workplace management uh, piece, really primarily uh, focused around uh, those space management requirements. Uh, so looking at it from a sp uh, space planning perspective, uh, but also in terms of specifically how we enable employees uh, to book rooms and desks and, and ultimately how we analyze that usage uh, through space utilization. And then the final part is the operations part. So covering off the requirements around facilities management. So looking at preventative and reactive maintenance uh, for the building. And then um, more recently, um, but becoming increasingly more important is around the energy usage and sustainability. So that's traditionally what we've described as IWMS. Um, in terms of some of what's changed recently in the IWMS market is obviously um, the, the, the one that we hear about most is that support for that hybrid workforce. Uh, so the, the requirements to shift from really a fixed uh, workplace environment to looking at how do we optimize it uh, based on the demands of that workplace and how do we plan and modify that workspace dynamically to meet those uh, requirements as well as you know specific compliance around safety and security and so on at particular points in time. Um, the second thing really is looking at the costs of the real estate portfolio as a result of what's happened through the pandemic, it's become more evident that people are thinking, wait, hey, wait a minute, we have this building completely unoccupied for the last two years. Do we really actually need that space? 
let's look a little bit more closely at the cost of occupying that um, and in terms of, of whether we should really take more of a top-down view of the overall portfolio and where it makes sense in terms of um, uh, which buildings we, we keep and which we actually let go at the end of the lease cycle. And then finally, um, that visibility around ESG planning. Um, particularly, unfortunately, with the current events that are happening in Europe, uh, there's a renewed focus on energy um, in terms of that resource allocation, as well as um, maintaining um, a, a view on, on that, that price control around the energy usage within our buildings. Um, so thinking about um, optimizing that workforce, uh, we, we need to put in place really what we think about as a life cycle for this. So looking at planning out that space, understanding the true cost of employees uh, across the various locations and considering the utilization and maybe a consolidation of spaces. We need to be able from a lease management perspective, look at where there's a, a, an impact uh, through looking at those lease clauses more, uh, more closely around the real estate footprint and look at space utilization metrics against the cost of those spaces. Um, as well as kind of removing the barriers to encouraging employees to come back into the space, both obviously from an owner perspective, but also from an occupier perspective, there's great value in terms of collaboration within the workspace. Um, and so it's important to ensure that the right technology is in place to support employees booking spaces in an intuitive and straightforward manner as they return to the office. Um, to meet their specific demands. And then finally, from a business leader perspective, it, it's really dealing with that so what factor. I've, I've dealt with all of these components. How does that actually relate to running the business? Is there a way to uh, add additional revenue streams? Maybe I want to keep the space I'm, I, I, I've, I've got, but maybe I have the opportunity to uh, potentially repurpose or sublet space. Uh, within my uh, within the units that I have, um, AI plays a significant role in this. Um, as organisations struggle to look at the total cost of the real estate portfolio, we're seeing much more dynamic, uh, fluid requirements um, around uh, lease contracts, shortened lease terms, uh, which means that uh, the the typical kind of review of a manual paper-based lease contract become somewhat onerous uh, for the real estate uh, and leasing teams. And so being able to use AI to abstract that lease information and bring it into your uh, lease administration, lease accounting um, modules uh, has a lot of value, particularly as you strive to uh, manage that financial compliance. And then through the establishing kind of uh, the, those obligations, you can look at the total cost of ownership of the real estate portfolio. You can see the reference to XWMS here. That's really around what we uh, are referring to as the requirement for occupiers today, which is more of a, 
an extensible workplace management system, which provides more of an open and connected framework rather than a, a single stack solution that brings in those various components. You'll see through probably the next couple of presentations how we start to talk about IoT, different systems out there, how we want to bring that uh, information together to provide a more holistic view of what's going on in the workplace to better support those needs going forwards. So Andy, if, oh. I, if I can interrupt just for a second, what I'm hearing you say is there's a shift away perhaps from IWMS more towards a connected ecosystem of solutions. So why yeah. do you think that type of solution is accelerating? Is there, is there a single reason why we can see, we can expect to see more of that in the future? Well, I, th I think it's really just, if you think about it, uh, when Gartner uh, established the term IWMS 20 years ago, then really, um, although the internet obviously was available, there wasn't the same kind of proliferation of uh, technology that's being used in terms of uh, the availability of information uh, through through the internet. And so since that time, we've seen uh, a whole plethora of IoT devices smart building controls uh, being developed that organizations are looking to take advantage of. So that's really the key kind of differentiator there. Uh, so people need to think beyond what was those kind of traditional definitions of the IWMA. Great, thank you for that. So uh, before we move on, just, just wanna say one thing. So if you're out there and you have questions, please don't hesitate to send those in. Uh, we may not get them to the, towards the end of the presentation, but go ahead and start sending those questions in and, uh, and we'll get those to where they need to be so we can answer them when the time is right. So I appreciate that, Andy. Uh, before we move on to our next panelist, here's a brief video from TouchSource. From commercial offices and healthcare facilities to retail spaces, our innovative turnkey digital display products will transform your space into an engaging interactive experience. Enjoy future-forward solutions for your industry, including surface and recessed wall-mounted directories, outdoor and indoor freestanding interactive digital kiosks, elevator displays with entertaining content, multi-screen video walls, digital signage, and custom designs for wayfinding, directories, and kiosks. TouchSource, offering simple solutions for smart spaces. Great. AJ, uh, next up we have AJ Kapoor with TouchSource joining us. So AJ is the CEO of TouchSource and a longtime technology veteran who has spent his career working on tech challenges and in industries that were undergoing radical change, much like today's corporate real estate industry. AJ, share a little bit about TouchSource and what you're seeing in the market today. Yeah, th thanks a lot, Robert. And um, for those not familiar with, with TouchSource, we are likely the ubiquitous digital directory or digital signage provider in most of multi-tenant office spaces around the country. We're pleased to be working with Keith's team at HealthPeak and lots of JLL buildings. And so you may not be familiar with the name, but you probably know us by our technology. I, I'd like to just dive into, you know, a, a simplified view of what we see coming in the new hybrid workplace. And I was on the West Coast earlier this week at, at Century City in LA, and one of our large clients really brought this home in which he said, look, I've got to provide uh, space for two towers of tenants, um, and they each have their own requirements as, as occupiers, but what I need to do is bring them together with connection. 
I need to make sure that they're they're in as the as the kids say their IRL in real life world is in real life. They aren't extensions of their vir vis uh, virtual world, but they have a visual and an experience that makes their their life um, different in the office than it is at home. And then finally, they've got 10,000 job tasks and a property management team or a property ownership team. And so we got to keep it simple. And I'd already planned to talk about this connected visual and simple environment, but speaking to the team in LA, it really hit home that as the country reopens, I was in LA because the mask mandate just dropped and people were flooding back to the offices. And as these offices reopen, they're learning what's happening in the hybrid workplace. I came across some great data uh, just a few weeks ago that Cushwake and Cornet Global did asking people how do they anticipate the workplace to change. And this, I think, really informs the way we look at technology more than anything else. As you look at the three big pieces of pie, they want creativity, innovation, and learning. They want employee culture, and they're focused on in-person meetings. People aren't going to do hybrid office to do the same work they do at home in the office. What we're learning is people's days are very different in their office days. They're planning on collaboration. They're planning on cultural aspects. They're planning on client meetings. Keith was highlighting that they do coffee hours and things like that within the Health Peak properties. Everyone I talk to has that same dynamic. So us as a technology industry, we've got to focus on inspiration, collaboration, flexibility, and connection if we're gonna meet where the hybrid office is. That doesn't mean extending virtual tour tools to the in-office workers so they can be virtual while they're in the office, but really focusing on conscious collaboration and inspiration along the way. The, um, the, the things that we then peel away and learn are one, the office inspiration needs to be uniquely different than home. It does no value to recreate home in the office. People are looking for a transformation. So creating inspiration, and we do it with dynamic digital displays that bring in art and outdoors and experience and all sorts of content in there, but there's a lot of different ways to go after that. The second is don't underestimate disorientation as a deterrent. We have a large client in the Northwest that's estimating that 35% of the employees that are coming into their office this month and next month have never been in the office before. So overcoming that disorientation in, in hybrid working, making sure there's clarity on how people access their managers, the conference rooms, the amenities, all of those things is really, it's probably paramount now over the next 90 days than ever before. And then the third thing is we are now very self-service aligned as a culture through what we've been through over the last two years it's going to be unacceptable for people to go through hoops to, to live their hybrid work life. So self-service has changed, the personalization has changed, and our technology stack has to anticipate and work with that. So what we see are kind of four different elements that are popping up. One, in order to meet the desires of uh, where employees or what employees want out of their hybrid workspace, we got to focus on these collaboration and shared spaces. I've seen uh, property ownership groups convert fixed tenant office space into collaboration drop-in space while also increasing rent as long the way in order to do that. So it creates a dynamic that that 
that drop in space as we move from tight open areas to more safe distance in the new designs there still is collaboration spaces and the digital aspect of enabling those then immersion creating those those uh inspirational places whether it be through you know video walls or dynamic art or outdoor places or things like that creating that that uh, invigoration and the inspiration then as i highlighted self-service people want the ability whether it's a medical office building or a uh an information worker or a single tenant building bringing in self-service and then finally you know we're not going to recreate home at the office but what we can do is smooth out the hard edges we can make it friendlier, we can make it compelling. Um, there is a fear in some of the hybrid return and there is an excitement and leveraging and understanding both of those as we come into um, the technology stack is really important for us. The last thing I wanted to highlight is looking at the data. So we actually grabbed this just last week and this is one of our uh, customers in Ohio and it's actually the touch interaction kiosk. You see this giant drop during uh, COVID and then it, 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 or the initial lockdown, you see spikes on weekend sales. You see a huge spike on the last shopping day of the holiday, but it also is office workers and things like that. We spent time with the clients and said, let's look for signal in these. Where is um, the trajection of return to the office? The growth back is going to be slower. The drop down is going to be faster. So how do we use data? Um, anonymous privacy safe data to be able to inform the hybrid choices of where the technology is. So I'm, I'm really excited on how the tech stack comes in. I think really looking at the personal choices people want to make and need to make in order to make hybrid work successful is going to inform us as, as technologists. You know, we're there to serve the people with the technology and that, not vice versa. And I think they're already showing us in this reopening what they want and what they need and using the data to drive those decisions i think is one of the really exciting things for all of us in the technology field right now all right well i'll hand it back over to you robert thanks so much aj hey first of all it was great reconnecting with you last friday and uh, just sort of catching up and very compelling product for touch source it exists in the building i'm in today i love it so i can't say enough great things about it now you deal with both uh, owners and occupiers of multi-tenant buildings. So is your tech stack different for when you're dealing with an occupier versus an owner? And if so, what are some of the differences? Is it, yeah, great question. So the, if you're an occupier, you have greater permission for personalization um, because you know they're employees of you and that starts to inform the tech stack. You know, when people are coming into the office, why they're coming into the office, what they're looking for to the office and the workspace. Um, the owner has a slightly more difficult burden in that they have to anticipate the occupant's needs in common areas and those things without knowing specific information about any individual employee. So I think the occupier tech stack um, needs to have a higher degree of personalization and customization while the owner tech stack needs to have much more flexibility and, and dynamic nature of it. Um, the New Yorker had a great article yesterday about Google's new New York campus and all of the decisions that they need to make 
and how Oxford Properties needs to anticipate this and Google needs to, and the, the collaboration coming together. So I think it just sort of hits home that it's two pieces of a puzzle that need to lock together with different forms of insight. So you mentioned data a couple of times and analytics and, and sort of using information to help make decisions. I mentioned in the, uh, in the intro as well, but how do you go about balancing privacy with the analytics necessary to make the right types of decisions? How, you know, whether that's from an owner or an occupier perspective. Yeah, um, I think we're seeing a radical change in privacy with mobile and social media reducing the amount of information that uh, vendors should and be allowed to consume. However, we're seeing also a rise in, in really powerful anonymous data, whether that be IR data or sensors or touch interactions or things like that. So bringing in context of location, whether it be through JLL mobile apps that do that, or touch analytics that do that, or other things, bringing all that and being ahead of the decision-making is really important. Got it. All right, I, I have a feeling that question might come up again later in the presentation, so <laughs> Great. stay tuned for that. Okay, so our next panelist from Facilio is Prabhu Ramachandran. Yeah, so Prabhu is uh, he's the founder and CEO of Facilio, an AI-driven platform for property operations and maintenance. Headquartered in New York, Facilio has a global presence with a global customer base representing multiple asset classes, each using Facilio to reduce costs, increase net value, de-risk operational liability. Personally, Prabhu's 20-year career is focused on enterprise-scale software for IoT-based connected services, as well as sustainable solutions. Prabhu, if you don't mind, speak to us for a few minutes about how your customers are leveraging Facilio to support their hybrid initiatives. Yeah, thank you, Robert. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is uh, Prabhu Ramachandran. Uh, Facilio is a software platform for operations and maintenance of large real estate portfolio. We work with uh, both occupiers and owners from different verticals like office, healthcare, retail, um, airports, data centers, and more. And uh, we offer a broad suite of applications starting from CMMS to energy management, uh, remote monitoring, predictive asset management, workplace solutions, and tenant uh, occupant applications. Can I get control of the, yeah. So these are some of the applications that are specific to the uh, workplace and uh, occupiers, visitor management, um, like insights on building and desk occupancies, service request management for tenants and uh, employees, uh, hoteling, desk bookings, space management. All of these are bundled into the platform and the platform can connect with existing sensors, existing automation systems, um, existing DMS systems to acquire data and use the insights that we get from the data for better experience of both occupants and tenants. So for the topic today, as the earlier panelists touched upon, a hybrid model is here to stay. There are different studies and surveys substantiating that where 
uh, more and more hybrid model is uh, the preferred one. Uh, so there is a strong need for digital ready workplace uh, after the pandemic. Uh, <clears throat> so what it means, like what are the focus areas uh, for digital and operational readiness is the key area is operational efficiencies because uh, be it any business, whether it is office or a hospital or a hotel, uh, the operations and functionings of the properties is becoming like very, very critical to reopen economies and uh, things like space, space utilizations. And, um, uh, and then next area is uh, occupant experience. How do we build trust and confidence for the um, uh, staffs to come back and occupy the properties? Um, aspects like air quality management, uh, comfort management, um, health and wellness of occupants are becoming super critical now. Um, and finally, uh, there are new standard operating procedures and uh, like mandated by the uh, government, local municipalities with respect to uh, sanitization, air quality, wellness. So to meet all these needs, um, you need like digital operations tools and the investment in these tools are um, uh, very worthy because they bring a reduced operational cost and they improve the uh, occupant experience in terms of their comfort, in terms of their health, wellness. And then um, that leads to greater workforce efficiency because you are able to meet the new demands of uh, hybrid workplace, plus also make sure that the, the staffs who are occupying the properties are productive, um, they get a better, easier experience. Um, so how do you reimagine the whole uh, hybrid workplace? What are the key components uh, that are getting active among the um, occupiers and the owners? Um, it starts with the uh, desk assignments uh, because it's hybrid, people want to book desk. And how do you create flexible spaces, um, meeting room bookings, and then collaborations, how do you get instant notifications about uh, occupancies, availabilities? And then uh, uh, how do you look at capacity benchmarking, um, uh, tracking of occupancies to make better decisions? So all of these leads to um, like very high visibility in real time, and uh, it helps to reduce your overall uh, um, operational expense by dynamically like adjusting your energy usage, HVAC operations, based on your uh, number of staffs who are occupying the buildings, occupying the floors. And then also prepare yourselves to be future ready because you are collecting data, you are learning from the data, and uh, that that makes huge like uh, how will next few years look like, how can you plan better? Uh, so with respect to uh, workplace management, uh, planning and occupancy management are becoming very critical. And then there are uh, newer apps, uh, like one of the earlier panelists um, uh, touched upon, people are used to getting like everything getting uh, booked through apps. The same expectation is there when it comes to workplace. Simple things like service requests, uh, uh, occupant uh, requests, personalizations are, um, even though they are very common in other industries, uh, they are becoming like, uh, they are not so common in uh, the real estate area. And now they are becoming mainstream. And finally, the whole connectedness, how do you connect uh, the 
buildings, the equipments like elevator, air conditioning systems within the buildings with the people, the people here, all the both the occupants and the facilities management staffs, and then the processes. There are so many manual processes, uh, simple things like uh, digital signatures, uh, approvals, uh, visitor approvals, uh, compliance management. These are done manually. How do you digitize uh, these manual processes? So connect people, uh, processes, and the equipments. So that gives uh, efficiency in terms of operational, uh, uh, reducing operational expenses and also reducing like the energy usage. Okay. So uh, quickly to summarize, so we touched upon um, from a workplace management point of view, uh, the desk booking, room booking, um, agile space utilization, and then the whole uh, hybrid work support in terms of approvals, bookings, compliance. And then with respect to apps that are used by the employees and the tenants, uh, simple, uh, very uh, efficient service request management, uh, visitor management, touchless visitor management, and then the whole uh, new age uh, CMMS maintenance management where you go and uh, start looking at real-time predictive maintenance, remote monitoring of properties, all of that combines together falls into the workplace apps. And finally, the whole connected optimization using data, data from people, data from equipments, data about property usage to prepare the, both the owners and the occupants for the future. This uh, just an example, like a quick case study of one of the large corporate occupier uh, in US who's our customer. Um, they are in healthcare space. They, the need, the business goal uh, for them after the pandemic is to move to a single plane of class software for all their workplace operations. And they started using Facilio's connected workplace solution to replace their existing three different set of applications, their CMMS, IWMS, and uh, um, the, their mail room management application all were replaced with single Facilio's platform. And we also integrated all of these with their existing ticketing solutions so that both their facilities management teams and their IT management teams were able to serve the occupants requests more seamlessly. And finally, they, the hybrid workers started using Facilio's mobile apps to reserve spaces, book uh, desk, assign lockers, uh, book parking, and dynamically track visitors. All of that com combined together into a nicely built apps for the occupants. And the final outcome is like they, they saw that there is a huge improve in productivity of their staffs plus uh, overall better experience for the uh, hybrid uh, staffs. And uh, yeah, so that's it from me. Uh, I, I'm open to take any questions. All right, thank you so much for that, uh, Prabhu. A quick question for you here. We talked a lot about the connected workplace and. You know, many organizations, since we're just sort of evolving through this hybrid approach, many organizations are not equipped with the necessary sensors for occupancy, indoor air quality, all the things we're talking about. And frankly, a lot of them are unsure on how to proceed with collecting data. So what are some of the best practices you've seen from some of your clients on how they can collect real-time data so that they can make better decisions? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the... Uh, yes, you are right. Like not all uh, um, buildings, all properties are equipped with all necessary sensors. But the good thing about real estate is 
uh, as part of uh, say both the government compliance and the construction budget there is decent level of automation and sensors that are already there in the buildings like um, uh, as one compliance example is fire safety there's a lot of government compliance on fire safety to be centralized automated monitored so there is so much of fire sensors then the aspects like elevators are centrally controlled uh, air conditioning systems so there are enough sensors to create substantial value that's what we also do with most of our customers we pick up go and pick up uh, data from sensors that are already available and we also enable mobile apps for customers to populate data manually to start with wherever possible plus there is weather data there is a legacy data we pick it up and then make sure that customers are able to realize value from what they have existing that enables customers to go and invest more into more uh, sophisticated sensors like people counting sensors uh, smart washrooms and things like that got it well again i think we're going to come back to that question or you know some variants of that question here in a few minutes so i just appreciate your time i know it's late thank you so much for joining us this evening and uh, just stay tuned for uh, just a minute so before we shift to our last speaker let's watch a short video on app space Create a workplace that employees love with AppSpace. AppSpace is the only unified platform that simplifies employee communications and helps you manage your workplace. The modern workplace has changed. Employees want flexible work arrangements, which can create challenges for productivity, company culture, and your technology needs. The AppSpace platform combines digital signage, space reservation, an employee app, kiosks, visitor management, and content to help solve these challenges and build a successful hybrid workplace. Use AppSpace anywhere, easily integrating with your everyday tools. AppSpace helps you reach employees, keeping them engaged and improving productivity. Using the same app, your team can book rooms, desks, and resources, while you manage everything in one place. Companies all over the world trust AppSpace to help them create workplaces their employees love. Try for free at AppSpace.com. Great, thanks so much. So our last speaker today is Thomas Philippard Defois with AppSpace. We're gonna just call him TPDF from here on. I can only try that one time. So let's go TPDF from here on. Thomas is the Executive Vice President for Product Experience at AppSpace. App space where he's responsible for facilitating ownership of customer experience excellence throughout the company. Thomas. Thanks a lot, Robert. Appreciate it. Um, thanks everyone for hanging around and uh, thanks for RealCon for hosting this event. Um, we've got a lot to share over the last two years. Um, definitely the, the world has changed quite a bit and it is meant to continue down that path. So I'm going to walk you through some of the challenges we think um, you, you need to think and start addressing. Um, the first one is really managing the workplace to address the new needs and requirements and the ones that are upcoming. And the big question is, are you ready for that? Um, and we really look at it from three different pillars. Employee communication. You need to engage with your users. You need to educate them. You need to inform them on how things are going to move, uh, be moving forward need to help users manage and book the workspace that they need to do their job. 
And you need to focus also on your visitors because it's not only about bringing employees back into the office, but it's also around bringing visitors back um, into the office, whether those are contractors or delivery or customers simply. Um, what's really important is we see a lot of companies looking for a platform that will help comply with new regulatory requirements. Depending on where you are in the world, in Europe, in the US, in Asia Pacific, requirements are going to be different and you have to have a platform that adjusts to meet those needs. So for global companies, that's an even bigger challenge than local companies. Um, you need to reorganize your workspace to welcome employees and visitors back, but you need to think about what are their new needs now that they're coming back to the office. Well, let's dive a little bit um, into, uh, into those topics. Welcoming employees and visitors. Oh, sorry, went a little bit quick here. See, I can clap. Um, it's really about designing a whole new experience around the flexible workplace. Um, I heard a bunch of um, our speakers previously talk about that, and I, I completely agree. We need to transform the workplace and we need to build a new experience. We need to make people excited to go back to the office. Um, we need that because there's nothing better than in-person meeting. For the first time in two years, I traveled last week to Tampa, Florida to meet with the team, and I think we created um, much more in a week than we have in, uh, in many months um, working remotely. So we want to bring people back into the office, but we want to give them the environment they need to do the work that's useful to do in the office. And that starts by a, a flexible workspace, making sure the facilities team can easily adjust the environment to meet the needs, provide more collaboration space, huddle spaces, rather than single desks, for example, or single assigned offices. The other thing is you need to have an app, an app to communicate, inform, and educate your users, but also empower them to reserve the workspaces. We're no longer going to go into the calendaring tools to book a meeting room. We're going to do that from another type of app that will drive you through some checkpoints and obligations and, and make sure that you comply before you actually head to the office, but where you will also be able to locate your peers in order to sit nearby and make sure you can have a collaborative experience. And it's really around merging the physical and the digital workplace. I think we're, we're, we're dissociating the two too much. If I start my journey at home on an app and I'm booking a workspace, when I get into the office, I need to have continuity in my journey. I need to make sure that from my phone into the workplace, from an app on my phone onto an app on a kiosk, there is consistency and continuity in the experience. And I think that's going to change a lot. Um, along the next few months as, as we uh, really um, see the, the, the trend back into the office. Um, and that's around the, the concept of enabling collaboration and productivity for all. We all want people to be more productive and collaborate more, and those go very much in pair. It's a new era for the hybrid workplace, um, and it's a huge opportunity. I think if you look pre-pandemic, many companies had a plan of five to 10 years to transition to this hybrid workplace, to hoteling and hot desking, um, moving away from assigned offices. Um, and they were able to accelerate that during the pandemic and push that as a massive culture change. Now for that to work, the experience needs to be better than pre-pandemic. So collaboration and technology around collaboration needs to be very important. But to enable that collaboration, you need to make sure that the user knows how to, uh, to bring, come back to the office and meet with their peers and leverage the technology that exists. 
on the productivity side, you need to make sure that the workspace doesn't become sterile. One of the challenges I see is when you move to a hot desk or a hoteling environment, it's no longer your desk, the desk you used to sit at where you had your family pictures, your, your, your preferred books and, and badges of the events you attended around the world. Now you have just a desk and you put your laptop on it and that's your space. How can we make sure that in that environment is personalized during your stay at the desk? By using the digital devices, whether it's the monitors and the docking station on the desk or the digital signs around you, to turn and, and, and focus the messaging to your person, to the team you're part of. And I think that's, that's the combination of managing workspace and managing the content and the experience for the user. Around that, the final bullet to all of this is understanding better how the workspace is utilized, understanding how users are coming back into the office and understanding new trends and adjusting. And I think monitoring is key. We heard a lot around data, data, data. I think we're, we'll never have enough data. We want data from different sources as well. We want data that comes from scheduling capabilities and what users are doing, tracking every event across the workplace. But we also want data from third-party technologies like sensors that will monitor presence, that will count people, that will tell you how you're moving around. When you correlate the two, now you have serious insights. And those insights allow you to start reading trends and understanding what, what is needed in the workspace. Are people booking more desks or are they booking more huddle spaces? Do they need huddle spaces for two or three or four or five people? And based on that, you can start leveraging AI to actually adjust your workspace and start making sure that you're responding to the demand. I love this idea that we have to serve our employees as if they were customers. And so we need to listen to what they want and adjust our offering to the demand. I think that's an exciting opportunity for the real estate work for the facilities team. It's an exciting opportunity for internal comms people because Although they won't know where someone is necessarily sitting every day, they will be able to know where that people and how that person is moving across the workplace and adjust the messaging to flow to those people. So with that, I think we've, we've really covered the, the three big aspects, which is informing education, manage your workspace to bring back employees and visitors, and track how this is happening to make sure you adjust to new trends. Great, thanks so much for that. So I'm going to encourage everybody once again to, to go ahead and send in questions. Uh, we do have a few that have come in, but before we get to that, I want to ask Thomas one specific question. So what in your view in working with your clients and customers do you think are the three must-have features that have to be in place to really support hybrid? I think, I think it's a challenging question. There are two aspects to it. You could say there is what the user experiences, the employee, and that's really around, you know, the, the, I talked about it, engaging and communicating and forming users and then being able to empower the user to go ahead and reserve a workspace for, for their personal need or the team, of the, uh, the, the, the team needs, and also bring visitors back to make the hybrid workspace what it was before the pandemic. But there's also the admin side to it. You need to do user management. Um, you've got to have, we're going to have users moving much more than they were in the past, moving across multiple locations and building, while in the past they were mainly assigned to one single location. So you're going to have to make sure that you adjust that so that permissions and rules move with the user. We're going to have to make app accessibility. When you think about 
accessing information today, you don't worry whether you're going to do it from your phone or your laptop. The app is there, native or web. So I think accessibility is going to be super important. So really, there's two sides to it. There's probably not three key features that would that would do it all, but it's a combination of administrative features and end user experience features. Great. Thank you for that. Okay, I think uh, I think we're ready to move on to the general Q and A. Uh, so I'll ask all uh, all the panelists to join now. Uh, give me just a second to do that. Okay, thank you for that, Keith. I'm going to start with you. So you know, there's been a series of start stops through through the pandemic and now as we approach return to work. So what, in your view, do you think are the top three services experiences? whatever it might be from your perspective, that are gonna actually allow and encourage people to come back to the office? What are you seeing today? Um, other than putting a gun to their head and requiring them to come back, um, no, that's not one of them. Um, I think the first thing is obviously ease of coming back. How easy is it going to be to collaborate? How easy is it going to be to do my job in the new post-COVID environment? if I want to come back to the office. The second thing is, from an IT leadership standpoint, do we have all the tools in place that our users really want? Have we really asked our users what, what they want? What are their expectations in the office? And I think the third thing that comes to mind for me is flexibility, which I mentioned and a lot of the speakers did. What we do today may not work in a month or in six months. Make sure we're, we're ready to change as our users are asking for change. Got it. Thank you for that. So I remember, you know, many years ago, as as we were deploying some technology at Nokia. Uh, again, my real my experience is corporate real estate. I'm not a technologist by heart, uh, or even by education. But uh, there was this one of our consultants on our project made the comment. Basically, it was the tools are cool, but the process rules. And that to me is kind of stuck with me because that's so important, especially when we're talking about data and data governance and analytics. So I'm just going to ask that question. Uh, I think I'll start with Andy, if you don't mind, is, A, tell me more about sort of data and control and quality and what steps your clients are doing to get the information in shape to be able to make decisions. It's one thing to collect the information, but if it's not governed, if it's not managed, it's not consistent. You really can't apply it to a strategic decision. So what, what are your clients doing today about that? Well, what they were doing uh, is probably having a heavy reliance on things like spreadsheets um, and reviewing things manually. Um, obviously, you know, if, if you've got like a 20-year lease term in an office building or, or something like that and nothing's really changing, then, then I guess that was kind of fine, kind of worked. Um, but the reality is is what we've all said today, really, which is the changing requirements that the, how things are happening to Keith's point, you know, things might be different in a month's time or or six months time. Um, so, you know, what we've typically done to support um, that that need really is to improve how they integrate with different um, source uh, uh, sources of uh, information, so whether it's the lease agreement or whatever, and, and really ensure that you're able to bring in that information electronically in the system 
so you can see have greater visibility on the impacts uh, to the organization the the other key thing around that um, it's 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 really being able to use the right kind of business intelligence solutions to to assess uh, that information. So you know another key aspect for them is that many of them have got uh, corporate-wide um, business uh, intelligence initiatives uh, in place, and now starting to ensure that they have a greater kind of overall view of of what's happening within the portfolio. And, and generally speaking, that's always uh, the requirement uh, for these organizations is it's moving beyond just the individual lease unit building view uh, and to have a more kind of holistic view across the, the whole portfolio and be able to make those decisions on a comparative basis. So whether that's benchmarking within your own organization or actually bringing in external information um, you know, from the likes of a, a JLL or whatever to, to, to actually do a better assessment about the, the, the comparative performance of those different uh, buildings. That, sure. I mean, that's basically the key thing that's happening. Understood. Thank you for that. So uh, I'm just sitting here thinking through sort of metrics, right? Because as the workplace changes, uh, so does sort of the metrics that matter, right? So, you know, of course, cost per square foot and cost per occupant, all these things are still relevant, but really productivity is what matters, no matter where it's taking place. So I guess my question, and I'm gonna ask both Prabhu and Tomas this question is, you know, how do you measure experience, positive experiences and productivity? What are the methods yeah. that are used uh, in your applications to do that? Well, let's, let's just start off with Prabhu if we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good question, and um, there's a emerging use case. Uh, not much of like standard practice, but from our experience, what customers are doing is uh, some aspects are very quantifiable. They are measuring um, what is the time taken to uh, close a service request. If there is a service request from an occupant, it might involve calling a third-party vendor they need approvals they need permission their license has to be checked their insurance has to be checked that itself like takes like days together and how that can be shrunk by using digital technologies by using data by simple things like online uh, signatures approvals uh, automated uh, license verifications all of these like brings down the time taken to serve the customer request drastically so this is one way we see customers are measuring how can they reduce problems like breakdowns and uh, problems and then how can they reduce the time taken to serve customer requests this is very very quantifiable in terms of uh, uh, overall experience and productivity i think uh, early uh, indications are it's more survey driven feedback driven where from the applications users are giving feedback users are taking some uh, like timely surveys to give their inputs so that is one part of it but there are as i mentioned there are quantifiable uh, outcome in terms of uh, like uh, even comfort like having a consistent uh, thermal comfort across the floor uh, itself is uh, indirectly impacts the whole productivity 
thank you. Thomas, anything you want to add to that or? Yeah, I think because we focus really on the employee communication side and the workplace management, we want to measure, the first thing we want to measure is awareness. So are users being um, made aware of what's happening, when the return is happening, how you should prepare for the return, what you need to comply with, what are the benefits of coming back? So there's a lot around employee engagement and employee communication and whether you're using Teams, WebEx or Slack, you need to have that message coming to you. And, and I heard Keith saying how those tools were important for them. We need to leverage and make sure we, we keep pushing information and measure the number of users that actually see the messages and consume the information. And then once those people are aware, we can track um, activity around the utilization of space. And are people booking more spaces? Are they coming in the building? How long are they sitting at a desk or inside a room? How many no-shows? How many people actually booked but didn't make it to the office? Um, and based on that, we can start really monitoring the utilization and are we doing things right? Um, the thing is, it's, there's no magic formula. We're going to need time to figure out if we got it right. If as a company, when you deploy it, you figure the workspace users really want it. And by, by seeing how many people actually come back to the office, you will be able to see if you are successful or not. Yeah, I mean, it's a fact that this is our first time through this, right? So, you know, the one, one message could be, let's try things and fail fast and tweak it, and modify it and make it right as we go. Is that uh, this is just a general question for everyone, but maybe maybe more so focused to Keith and and Tomas. Is that is that what you're getting a sense of as well? Is that your Keith in your case, your your customers are willing to try things, uh, and Tomas is is are you seeing that from from your perspective as well? Yes, uh, the answer is they are definitely willing to try things. I think it it's a new new environment for all of us, and and be it two years ago when people were trying Zoom or people were started to migrate to Teams. If we give them new tools, they're really willing to try them, and they're very quick to give us feedback, what works and what doesn't. And that's why, back to my point about what works today may not work in a month or in six months. You have to be able to look at the tool. How's it fitting in your culture and your environment? What are your users' value in it? And if they don't, make a change, because that's what we should do from a leadership standpoint. Be flexible enough to make that change. So the last three speakers have brought up brought up, that's not really good English, have, have brought up uh, surveys and responses and sort of asking the question. So if you think about your audience and knowing that surveys are never responded to 100%, what do you consider to be a good response rate and you know a high enough level of return that you can actually make a decision based on the feedback you're getting? Are you asking me? I guess. I'll ask you first, yeah. Sure. Um, 50% is great if we get that from our employees. We've been fortunate, it's usually closer to 70. Um, mm -hmm. People want to communicate, people want to give their opinion. And it also means, who does that survey come from? Yeah, um, certain people have more weight in the company. And, you know, if that survey is from our CEO or supported by our CEO, it's going to have more weight than some of the other staff who may send it. But most importantly, we've have an engaged staff. They know people listen to their opinion at an executive level. And I think that's credit to our leadership. Mm. If you take advantage of a survey and we ask your opinion, it's going to be heard. So Thomas, I'm assuming you're apt and collect that survey data and uh, can start to you know harmonize the information. 
What are you seeing from a response rate? I don't know that I have a number of what we're seeing. I think it's about repetition of the survey, making sure it's available. I mean, I want to see the surveying teams in the AppSpace app. I want to see it on a kiosk in the workplace. I want to see it before I head into the building, after I've been in the building. Um, and I want the user, and I, I agree with Keith, we, we need to make sure that we're listening. So every time there's a survey, there needs to be an output of it and it needs to be shared. And I think that's one of the big piece of internal communication is grab feedback and then say, we've heard you and this is what we're doing to actually improve and keep that flow going. If you just grab feedback and do nothing with it or don't share the results with it, people will stop answering. Um, so I think it's a cultural thing and we can keep improving um, and help get more people to, to uh, answer to service. AJ, a question came in for you. Uh, when you think about your product and all the clients you serve, whether they're occupiers, uh, investors, property owners, whatever they might be, what are you seeing are like the top three to five uh, digital communication elements that they want to sort of push through your platform? Yeah. What are the occupants asking for specifically? So the, the, I'll say the, the clear number one is place-based communication. So one thing we saw with um, the pandemic is a proliferation of things on the mobile phone and apps. And now your, your phone is in some ways your most expensive real estate to try to get a footprint on. And so we see that, that occupiers and owners are really trying to get tenants, visitors, patients, guests, students, information and make it really relevant. I was at a, a satellite campus of uh, Cal State yesterday and the number one thing they're asking for is people's eyeballs. Can I communicate and get that information because they're 100% ignoring everything that's coming out in email and web and social media. So that I'd say is the strong number one. The number two, and it correlates with that question on surveys, is contextual and um, feedback. So you know, like Thomas was saying and others is if you can get the survey and the feedback information at the time of use, like teams in Zoom do a great job of right after a call, you get uh, information. Kiosks and other pieces, getting information right when people leave a conference room or a collaboration space or a desk or anything like that. That's the second thing that's coming up is, is real-time contextual single question feedback so people can make decisions. And I'd say those are, you know, the clear number one, number two, and number three is just making it inspirational. People are, I've never seen that the amount of volume of people starting a conversation with, what art do you have? <laughs> and I think it's just a changing norm of people moving to an inspiration in their workplace as a change from their home. Interesting. Yeah, it's a brave new world we're in right now. So it's, yeah. uh, it's exciting to have all these products to sort of help us get to where we want to be. Mm -hmm. uh, no doubt we'll continue to evolve. Okay, we've got one last question, and then Chuck, I'll turn it back over to you and, and, and Andy, and probably this is for you. So, the you know, from my perspective, sort of time to market is really important. So how can I get solutions stood up quicker? And that to me implies, you know, more ability to sort of ingest and integrate with other systems quicker, which implies, you know, 
open APIs and all these other solutions that we need to have in place in order to be able to bring in this data that we talked about earlier. So tell us a little bit about, from Facilio and from MRI's perspective, what are the mechanisms you, do, you use to bring that information in? Uh, and really sort of how quickly can you get to market with your products for a client? Yep, great, uh, great question. Um, see, the integration with systems has been a major sort of uh, problem in real estate, given that there are, at a high level, there are two stacks of technology, the hardware uh, sensor layer, and then there are dozens of software that are being used. Um, but from a technology point of view, they, there are ways to do it very, very efficiently, which is what we have built, where uh, from a sensor integration point of view, we are supporting a bunch of standard protocols like BACnet, Modbus, Lawnworks, uh, uh, OPC protocols. So once you support these bunch of uh, uh, protocols, we are able to like at least with 95 percentage of existing uh, sensors, automation system, we are able to integrate uh, and connect buildings remotely. Our teams are getting a remote access to a building, installing our software agent and making configuration changes, bringing data. So we have built that kind of sophistication by relying on standard protocols. And then on the other side with applications and also how do facilios uh, uh, integrate with other systems, Again, there we are relying on REST APIs and standard APIs and also exposing data and standardized uh, CSV, Excel format, whatever required. So uh, basing it on simple standards that are available actually solves a lot of problems. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would just add to that. Yeah, we, we've got kind of many years experience in that field because you know, one of the big um, strategies from an MRI perspective is to have this kind of open and connected environment. So we have probably over 300 business pro uh, partners providing software solutions that that we need to integrate with. So like uh, having a standard set of like APIs, et cetera, has been very important. But it's also how the how the user consumes that so it's all very well having integration between these different applications. Um, but if the user has to log into seven different systems, or has to deal with different kind of security requirements and so on, that's, that's going to be a pain and, and it's going to be difficult to use. Um, so we try to adopt like a, a standard framework from a, a security and access perspective using things like Okta from a a single sign-on um, and providing a, a common uh, portal and access to these different systems so that you could have both access to an MRI system, an in-house built system, and a partner application all within kind of one application gateway. So those are key. Um, I would say that we need to continue to work on that um, as, as, a, as a technology industry um that, that that's a key thing that that we continue to strive to move forwards and, and make use of uh different technologies uh to integrate those so that a user doesn't have to get involved like the the, the key thing that we like to develop is really something built around maybe ai etc where 
the uh, user involvement is minimal in terms of the exchange of that uh, information between the different applications. And that's really probably the way forward uh, for that tech stack. Great, I appreciate that. Listen, we're about at the end of our time. Chuck's got a few things he wants to say to sort of wrap us up. But before he does, I just wanted to say thanks to everyone. I had a great time today getting to know you, learning about your products. Hopefully the audience uh, learned quite a bit. I'm sure they did. And uh, let's stay close as this uh, issue sort of evolves as uh, RTO and hybrid becomes a reality. So Chuck, I'll turn it back to you. All right, uh, thanks thanks a lot, Robert, too. And uh, I, you know, we had a couple of other questions that, that just came in. I, I think the idea of indoor air quality and making sure that uh, everyone feels safe. Uh, you know, there's probably been some investments. I don't know how much JLL has actually moved in that direction. Sorry, I went off camera here for a second. Actually, we have moved in that direction. I mean, without going into specific products, but I would say, you know, top th the question that I asked earlier, what are the top three to top five things some of the clients are seeing? For us, that's one of the things that is, you know, top of mind. And which is why I mentioned it in my in my introduction, because people want to know that the space they're going into is of sufficient quality, not just from an experience pers perspective, but that it's actually safe and it's healthy and it's clean and they can they can do what they need to do there. So, yeah, it's right at the top of the list. Great. Great. All right. Well, you know, Robert, thanks for that. I wish we could. I wish we had a lot more time. But just And thanks to all of our panelists, too, for your valuable contributions today. Uh in today's session. It's a topic that everyone who tuned in today and who's listening to this on a recording will have to deal with to some degree. Uh, for our live audience and those watching this recording, thank you for tuning in. And be sure to go to realcom.com to register for Realcom Live that airs every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. This week's episode features Adrian Velicescu. He is the CEO and Chief Creative Officer at Standard Vision, the world's leading provider of architecturally integrated media facades, content and technology should be fascinating. We'll also continue our workplace and experience webinar series with focusing on health and wellness, speaking of indoor air quality, that one airing one week from today, March 17th, where we'll explore navigating the landscape of connected sensors. And finally, don't wait to register for the Realcom IBCon conference event in Orlando. That's June 15th and 16th. And there is a golf outing if you are a golfer uh, and uh, other pre-conference events earlier in the week. So be sure to check those out. They are usually enormously valuable. So thank you again to everyone. I wish you all a great day. Uh, be well and we'll see you next week. Thank you.